1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're discussing House of Gucci.
0: I'm Tim Ipland, movie buff.
2: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And
0: we love to talk all things movies. And in this bonus episode, House of Gucci. So when Patrizia Reggiani, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge... And Lee, ultimately, murder.
2: Get a load of that synopsis. All <laughs> right. House of Gucci is directed by Ridley Scott, with a screenplay by Becky Johnson and Roberto Bentivinha, and based on the book by Sarah Gay Ford.
0: Lee, get a load of this cast. The film stars Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, and Selma Hayek.
2: What a cast!
0: Unbelievable.
2: So we mentioned this is based on a book, right? Do you know hmm. what the title of the book is? No, tell me. House of Gucci, A Sensational Story of Murder, Madness, Glamour and Greed.
0: Oh, madness is a good one.
2: Doesn't that just encapsulate what this movie is all about? It's... Batshit bonkers in the best way. <laughs> it is absolutely
0: batshit bonkers. And it's incredibly melodramatic.
2: Yes, that's a great word. Yeah. And when
0: I was watching the film, especially probably in the first half an hour, I was like, what does this movie want to be? What sort of tone? Mm. Is it trying to be serious or is it trying to be funny? But once you surrender yourself to the melodrama, mm. you have the ride of your life.
2: Absolutely, but I think that's what's tripped a lot of people up, that it's so tonally messy, Uh, if you will. (laughs) I mean, It's a messy bitch. It's
0: a messy bitch. (laughs) Madness, madness. (laughs) Now, it's obviously the story behind the Italian fashion empire. Yes. How much did you know about the Gucci family before going into this film? Did you know anything about the story?
2: Absolutely nothing. Yeah, blank canvas. I feel like the murder might have been on the periphery in the news somewhere. Mm. I, I don't think I was old enough to remember it.
0: Because the murder was in the mid-90s. Right. From 95, which mm. wasn't that around the time that Versace was assassinated in Miami? Maybe. So, it was the thing to do in the <laughs> oh, 90s geez. to assassinate the heads of fashion labels. But this story covers three decades yeah, from 1978 to 1997.
2: It's a two-and-a-half-hour film, two yeah. hours and 38 minutes. So, it's yeah. got a lot oh. of ground to cover. But I actually think it missed some really key points. Mm. You know, for such a long movie, there was so much in this story that could have been explored.
0: I think the biggest issue that this film had was its pacing. Right. And they spent so long marinating in all sorts of drama and things, yet really important plot points were kind Mm. of brushed over.
2: Yeah, some critical moments, like how she got caught. Yes. It changed its mind what this movie was about, I think, Mm. throughout it. So it started off being very much focused on the relationship of Maurizio and Patricia. Yeah. And then kind of shifted to be more about the Gucci family.
0: Yeah, the internal politics.
2: And then Patrizia, Lady Gaga, just dropped off the face of the earth.
0: Yes. In the third act, she wasn't really in it all that no, much. Adam so Driver came to the surface more.
2: That whole relationship just got sidelined. But that
0: was also at the click of a finger. Mm. their divorce, the demise of their marriage just kind of happened. And I thought, hold on, I'm not really on the same page. I didn't really see the development of their disdain for each other. And then Patrizia just, turn psychotic almost <laughs> yes. out of nowhere. I mean, you understand.
2: Yeah. They're spending most of the film building up to this yeah. and then don't give it to you.
0: Yeah. And especially at the end, because obviously that it, it ends with murder, mm. right. And it just kind of brushes over it. And I thought, no, 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 no. There's meat on the bones here with mm. this story. You can't tell me that you've spent over two and a half hours to get us to that. And then it's mm. basically a credit scene.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's creatively, there's some really interesting choices Mm. in this film. I want to call out in particular, you know, every now and then the frame will snap to black and white. Oh, yes. And that sort of referenced moments that were in the papers. Mm. So it was touching on real, real points in that way. It's a very creative way of doing it.
0: Yeah. Pulling on the tabloid Mm. stuff. I think the first one I noticed was at their wedding. It kind of flicks to black and white. there. really, really effective. And God, black and white just looks beautiful in cinema doesn't it yeah, it, does. it just really elevated that scene
2: can I ask a question yeah. in terms of the story how much do you think of it was real
0: oh I think a lot of it was embellished don't yeah.
2: you
0: reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean we haven't read the book no but it, it almost edges on satire doesn't it
2: it does yeah unless it, it walks it the is, line.
0: unless it is stranger than fiction and that all really did happen
2: well I think it is and I think that's what the movie had to lean into you yeah. can't take this too seriously no. because it is a batshit crazy set of circumstances. Mm. I mean, at one point in the movie, they allude to the fact that she's keeping tabs on her husband through a psychic?
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Was that real? The introduction of Nina, played by Selma Hayek, (laughs) just kind of sends this film on a trajectory that it can never return back into some sort of normality. But that had to have been real. Like, it's so random.
2: But, I mean, Selma Hayek is in tears because she's seeing, supposedly – the husband have an affair and Patricia's screaming at her, tell me what you see, tell me what you see. And I was like, is this real?
0: (laughs) But, you know, I loved the developing relationship that, she had with Nina procizzi yes. and Nina you know they're having mud baths together uh, having you know and and plotting the murder of her ex-husband yeah. you know she's a crucial player in this story yeah. but it just builds and builds in a way that you're just like what the hell is going on did this really happen
2: but it's so entertaining it is
0: so entertaining and would right. you
2: would you have liked to have seen more of that the relationship between those two women as well be developed because she met her via the phone by mm. a, a call-in psychic service yes. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they were best friends.
0: Yeah. I think though that the bridge between them connecting and becoming best friends was lost. And I think there could have been some really good content in there that I would have loved to have seen develop out. But then especially at the end when they get themselves in shit, you know, what was their relationship like during, you know, the court? process and everything so there there was a lot untapped there
2: yeah it felt like there was a lot more this story had to offer that we didn't get to see
0: yeah yeah which is a shame and really strange considering it went for two and a half hours yes
2: can we talk about lady gaga
0: can we please
2: can we please she is sublime she's so good she's fierce she's vulnerable and there's one close-up in particular in the film where she starts to realize that this family will never think of her as an equal Mm. where I thought that's the Oscar nomination right there. That's yeah. the money shot. Beautiful performance.
0: A lot of her performance was quite nuanced. Yeah. Where, where she wasn't opening her mouth and delivering mm. the, the incredible script, the melodramatic script, her face said it all. So yeah. I completely agree. It was such a tour de force performance, I think you call this one. You really see her character arc of mm. Patrizia and she just goes on this wild ride. And one of the final shots of her, she looks unrecognisable. Yeah. So her physical transformation was one of the most exciting things to see in what Lady Gaga mm. brought to the screen too.
2: She's an incredible performer. I'm so excited by what she's doing on the screen. And this is
0: only her second feature film, correct? She had a debut with *The Star Is Born.
2: And it will be her second Oscar nomination. Do you
0: reckon? I reckon. Yeah, calling yeah. it now. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Now, Adam Driver mm. plays Maurizio Gucci. What a year he is having. Absolutely. He has been in The Last Duel*, which is another Ridley Scott film, which came out a couple mm. of months ago, Annette. In that wacky musical, our review mm. for that is available now. And then now, House of Gucci. Yeah, his range, my goodness.
2: Yeah, he's a fantastic actor as well. I had some issues with his accent.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> I think, I think unfortunately the non-Italian actors in this, because you've got Al Pacino in mm. there, obviously. Their accents were tricky to hold up, unfortunately. Yeah. Jeremy Irons had some moments when he got really emotional and it, it faltered, um, and he's an incredibly talented performer as well, obviously. Yeah. yeah, so there there are a couple of moments where you go, oh, the accents are a bit cartoonish sometimes, but Lady Gaga's on point, of course. Al Pacino, of course, is on point. Oh God. Um, And Jared Leto. Let's move on to Jared Leto.
0: (laughs) Can we? Please.
2: His accent was actually pretty good, but I think what people don't realise in this film is that his character is deliberately ridiculous.
0: Ridiculous. He plays
2: Paolo Gucci, Mm -hmm. the cousin of Mauricio, you know, one half of the family of Gucci. But I think his performance is deliberate.
0: Yes, it has to be. Yeah. It borders on parody.
2: I mean, at least he commits 100% to what he's doing in every role.
0: I'd say 110%. <laughs> he is a method actor, so he was always in character. Yeah. And he wanted to not be recognisable as Jared Leto. He didn't want any feature of, of him yeah. to come through. So his prosthetics, his you can't, I still cannot see Jared Leto in his performance. Yeah. He's com- a complete chameleon in this yeah. film.
2: Yeah. And people think his performance is quite ridiculous, but it's intentionally so. I mean, Paolo is supposed to be a comical character. They often refer to him in the movie as being the idiot member of the family. You know, he's a bit eccentric. So So eccentric. So you have to put in an eccentric performance.
0: Yeah, he's the butt of every joke. And I have to say that at first I didn't quite agree with the family calling him an idiot. I found it unwarranted to begin with because I was like, oh, we haven't really seen enough for – his father and Mm. and his uncle to be calling him an absolute buffoon. Mm. And then it doesn't take long to realise how much of a fucking idiot he is, how dumb he is, but he just wants to be liked. He wants to be respected so badly. You feel for him at times, despite him being an idiot.
2: And his ideas and design just don't fit in with the Gucci Mm. brand. But why couldn't they have given him a little, you know, subline that was – Funded by Gucci, but not part of Gucci. What was wrong with that? They what had the money. They had the money to do it. Why well, not?
0: I guess they just couldn't agree to browns and pastels, right? So, a <laughs> side hustle line it was never going to be possible. <laughs>
2: browns and pastels.
0: Now, this film takes us over three decades. Yeah. A big chunk of it takes place in the eighties, and like Rodolfo Gucci says in the film, art like beauty has no price, and I think that. Uh, is the perfect way to encapsulate visually what this film delivered, Mm. you know, excess, luxury, Mm -hmm. amazing.
2: It covered a lot of ground and sometimes I wasn't sure how much time had passed. It takes you a minute to re-acclimatise yourself, doesn't it?
0: They tried to help you get through the years in the decade by the music, the song choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you had an idea as to when a song was released in the early, mid or late 80s, you kind of got a sense Mm. of where in the timeline you were, but it was hard to find yourself there all the same.
2: There's a beautiful use of Italian music throughout the film, Mm. which I thought was gorgeous, a really nice touch. But there was one odd choice of music, and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Okay. So when Maurizio and Patrizia get married, George Michael's faith plays in the church, Mm. which lyrically seems right, but it's a weird tone for such a sweet, sad moment because at that point he's been sort of, ostracised by his family. So, a lot of them aren't there at the wedding. The one side of the chapel is empty. Yeah. So, while they're giving their vows, it's a very upbeat song for such a bittersweet moment.
0: It's almost a bit of a modern twist that Ridley Scott's like, let's just Mm. throw in this pop song. You just got to accept it because it keeps happening from there on out.
2: But it didn't feel out of place anywhere else. I mean, if they'd walked out of the chapel after getting married and it played... Fair call. Mm -hmm. But while giving your vows, it just didn't seem like a the moment for it. I don't know. It jarred with me. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Did you know that they shot this film in forty three days, and they shot it in sequence, which is a really odd thing for film to do? Apparently, Ridley Scott is tenacious. They finished principal photography with a week spare. It came in under budget. Yeah. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And, and amidst COVID restrictions as well. Yeah. yeah, Crazy. It's a little tidbit in how Ridley Scott works. And he edits on set at the time. Get out like town. live edits. He has his editor on set and taking notes and he uses multiple, multiple cameras. So he only does scenes in one or two takes and moves on. That's how he operates.
2: Amazing. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. In terms of the characters, mm. did you feel on the side of either Maurizio or Patrizio at any way through it?
0: I can't say I related to anyone in this film (laughs) because I'm not a multi-million billionaire. Yeah, true. And also even trying to relate to family quabbles. Mm -hmm. My family all get along. (laughs) So I just went on this melodramatic ride and I don't think I picked a side because they were making unethical decisions all the way through. Did I feel empathy for certain characters? Yes. Probably Pablo more than anyone just because I wanted to give him a hug because no one appreciated him no one really respected him what about you did you take a side
2: no but i mean i found it interesting that it's kind of a sad story isn't it really i mean murder is sad of course it's sad as the film unfolds you kind of realize that this couple have always been in two different worlds Mm. even when she's trying to get into the gucci world you know she wants to get in he wants out and then at some point during the film, it shifts and she creates a monster, I guess. Yes. He starts buying into this lavish lifestyle, but they're always in two very different places. Yeah. It's quite sad.
0: Therein lies the conflict and the drama mm. uh, and the melodrama.
2: The melodrama. Delicious, delicious melodrama. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All
0: right, Lee, what do you reckon? Should we wrap up and rate? House of Gucci.
2: Let's give it a shot, eh?
0: Oh me, oh my, this is a melodramatic ride. Gaga proves once again that she's a movie star and absolutely holds her own in the company of screen icons Pacino and Irons. Once you surrender to the madness of this story, it becomes rather amusing and finds a balance on the edge of satire and dramedy. The lavish look of the film steals the show along with Jared Leto's wackiest performance to date. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. I'm going to rate House of Gucci three and a half popcorn kernels.
2: Okay, well House of Gucci is absolutely pure melodrama a lot of the time, but it's a story that is sometimes stranger than fiction and really needs to lean into that to work. Putting the chaotic story, the flip-flopping tone and dubious accents aside, without a doubt, the standout in this is Lady Gaga's beautiful performance as a woman blinded by greed, pride and wanting to belong to a world that she's only ever dreamt about. I'm giving House of Gucci three popcorn kernels out of five. Well,
0: there you go, guys. House of Gucci is in Australian cinemas from January 1. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening.
2: We'll catch you next time.
0: If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found.
2: Mm. Did you like that little house of Gucci?